Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Disagree With Me or Don't. It's the DWMOD podcast for comedians who are passionate about sports. We got a great guest this week, but before we get into that, I'd like to talk about a little podcast challenge we've started up here. It's the NFL Over Under. We've got the Vegas odds for this coming season on the NFL Over and Under. So what we're going to do is, everybody who's a guest on the show is going to pick a team, and they're going to place their bet on Over or Under for the number of wins for that NFL team. Now, how this is going to work is, for example, the Browns out of Cleveland right now are listed at an over-under of five wins. So if you take the over and you take the Browns and they end up winning eight games, well, you're at plus three. Well, if you take the Browns and you take the under and they end up only winning two games, you're also at plus three. So you understand how this goes. You want to pick the team that you think is going to give you the largest margin of re- largest margin of return here, and then you're going to win the contest. So what we're going to do is everybody's been on the show. They're going to pick their team that they think is going to give them the highest return. We'll label all those on the Twitter handle, which is at DWMODpod, and then we'll track it all year long. Winner's going to take the pot. As a tiebreaker, each person is going to have to try and nail down the team that they think is their direct hit. So let's say the Dolphins are listed at an over-under of seven. If you take the Dolphins at a direct hit and the Dolphins hit at eight, that's a plus one. If you're the closest on your direct hit, you win the tiebreaker. So anyway, that's how we're going to do it. On the Twitter handle, I'm going to post the actual odds that we're going to go on right now because those will fluctuate. Those will change as Vegas changes. So the ones that we're going to post on the site today will be the ones that we stick with. If you want to tweet at the pod and let us know what your pick for your over-under is, let us know what your pick for the direct hit is as a tiebreaker. We will also have a gift for the best fan. So go ahead and tweet those picks out at the pod, and we'll keep you posted up there as to who the choices are from our guests. Our first week guest was Andy St. Clair. We'll have his posted on the site later on the next day or two. And we'll also have the pick from this week's guest, who is Anthony Finelli. Anthony's a native of Akron, Ohio, and he's a big fan of all teams Cleveland, which we'll get into how tough that could be. And we'll both get into our love for the B1G as the greatest collegiate conference in the country. Anthony and I first met on a show called TMI, a little show we both landed on when we first got to Hollywood. He's turned out to be a pretty legitimate quadruple threat out here. He's had success as an actor, producer, writer, and director. We'll talk about his breakthrough success, which was a web series that he not only wrote, directed, and produced, but starred in. It was called The Next Steps. It was picked up by Amazon Prime and eventually became their most watched, independently produced content. Well, that opened some doors for him and led to his next project, which was my favorite. It's a sports documentary that he produced and directed about a high school football rivalry in Akron, Ohio. It's called the Akron Holy War, and it's also available on Amazon Prime. Listen, if you like 30 for 30s and you like football rivalries, you're going to love this thing. I recommend you watch it. Oh, and it contains some unseen footage of somebody famous you might know by the name of LeBron James because LeBron James played in this rivalry, and Anthony even played against him. Now, before we get into the episode, full disclaimer, we were recording on location, and this was the only day that Anthony was available, and we did have a mic problem. We ended up dropping a mic, and we had to record the show with just one mic. So sometimes it may sound like I'm fading in and out on this one, but sound quality's pretty good, guys, and stick with it, because like I said, we only had Anthony for the one day, and I really wanted to have him on the show. Now, don't forget to tweet us your picks for the NFL Over Under Challenge, and don't forget to tweet us your direct hit as the tiebreaker. Again, we'll have some prizes for some fans on that, so send us your picks at DWMODpod. Now, let's get to this week's episode of Disagree With Me or Don't with our guest, Mr. Anthony Finelli. All right, Anthony, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for doing the show. 
Is that my go? Yeah, you're on. That's a go. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is a once-in-a-life type opportunity being a podcast <laughs> here in Los Angeles, California. So thank you very much. Yeah, right? Not too many of these going around. I uh, love it. Been a while since uh, you and I got together. Now, we worked on a show together when I first moved out to uh, Hollywood called TMI, right? Yeah, great memories Yeah, between now, you and I. How long had you been in Hollywood when, when you were doing that? So I got in there. My good friend Brianna Hansen, she, her and I did Second City back in Chicago. So we were there in the uh, late, mid to late aughts, that a thing? Okay. Right? Mid it, to late yeah. aughts. Yeah, like 2007, 8, 9, okay. 10. Okay. All right. So she moved out here probably a year before I did. I got here in the uh, late summer, early fall of 2012. So okay. I didn't know many people, so I called her and she's like, hey, I'm just doing this comedy show. I'll be cool. Awesome. Hopefully get some stage time. So audition, the got it, and... I actually loved it because I was meeting some awesome new people. Yeah, yeah. Present company included. It was, with it was that great one. to uh, get involved in that early and hit the ground running. Like, yeah. right when I got in town, Jamie Moyer set me up on that. God yeah. Bless her. It yeah. was nice because I didn't know anybody. And, you know, it's weird. It's like the new kid at 28 years old is not yeah. the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And I was like, hey, guys, you want to hear an improv joke? Because that's how you do it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, right. And it worked out well. It worked out well. And I got relationships with people. Here we are, you know, five, yeah. six years. So I'm coming up on six years. Come, okay, I'm coming up on about four back and forth, and then you know. But full time now. Yeah, full I've been out here a little, yeah for a little while now, full time. Um, full time, Cali Resi. Yeah, staying out here full time, done with the fire gig. Um, weird though. Touch. Let's touch a little bit about being out here as the older improviser and having to do sets with all these young kids. Yeah, weird, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> I I was like. I don't know. I don't consider my. I just turned 34, so I like. I'm not a millennial. I don't think. I think I am by definition, but right. I'm definitely not by like personality in any way. What's shape the cutoff on that? What's the year cutoff on it? I thought it was like 84, so which would have made me like last millennial. But then I've been reading it like consider like 82 at this point. Like if you're born in 82, but I. I don't know. I think I, I think if that. you didn't have a cell phone through high school, you're not a millennial. Like oh, I shared yeah. one with my brother and sister. I was a freshman, my se- my senior. My sister was a senior, and my brother was a junior. So we were. Okay. I was three two, and a three two zero. Whatever that. Whatever that math. You is. guys shared a phone. We had to, well, we shared a car phone. You know, it was a car phone at that point. Oh. So you leave it in the glove box when you glove compartment when you go into school because no one cared back then. Texting didn't exist. Right. I didn't know how to set up a voicemail message. I didn't know I had voicemail box on my cell phone for three years. I kid you not. And we had it. Cause like I didn't know I didn't. So no one ever <laughs> yeah. left messages. So I never yeah. saved anyone's numbers. I don't even know if I could do that I, no, back no, then. No. But I we saved a phone. We shared a phone number and that number that we had. So that would have been like my freshman year in high school. So that would have been ninety eight, ninety nine, and and then I had the phone. The phone was mine come senior year. But like nobody. Nobody cared. Like, yeah. it was the exact same. You want them to keep monkey. moving that yeah. benchmark. You don't want to be. A I don't want to. Be. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind the the age. I I mind the yeah. The, the labels and like the, the, the eye rolls that come with, that that come label, with it. Man. Yeah. God, they're giving it a bad name hard. But I'm sure I've done some millennial type <laughs> stuff in my in my day. You can't help it when you get out here. Sometimes oh, I know. if you just want to order something, you gotta drop in a millennial mode It's and just it. how it is. I'm, I use emojis. I'm I'm that guy, so I guess I can't I can't I don't wanna be it, but you know, I think it's just like, yeah. you know, like yeah. hiding it, hiding the fact that maybe yeah. I am a millennial. You can't run from it forever. Not forever, like, not yeah. forever. I'm trying. Right. You give it your best shot, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you said you started out in Chicago. So let me back up the bus here. Now you're originally from Akron, right? Akron, Ohio. Okay. Just, All right. Myself, you know, LeBron James, some yeah. good good folks back in Akron. So I was in Ohio, Ohio through high school and college. Um, 
and then I was in Chicago for four years. And that, because that's that's what you do. You go high school four years, college four years. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, the, regular that, that folks type. Too. I, yeah, I did regular, a lot longer that in people, college. <laughs> those types of people, right? Those schmucks. Yeah. And then Chicago for four years, and then I mean, I loved it there. It was kind of the same thing when I first moved here. I didn't know anybody. Really got in depth with the comedy scene. And anyone that's ever done improv knows, like, the first time you do it, it's just like that's all oh, yeah. there is in life. That's, that's everything. Like, that's everything. I gotta be on that team. Yeah, and then yeah. you look back and you're like. I didn't really have to be on that team. Yeah. You know, I could have missed the practice and, you know, maybe yeah. gone to dinner yeah. with a friend I haven't seen oh, yeah. in six years now. Like, I did not need to I, do that. I mean, I loved it because I was, I was doing shows like five times a night and, you know, sometimes we're doing shows at really known places and then sometimes we're doing shows at bars oh, where the yeah. only people that show up are the people that came on the wrong night for something else. Yeah. And, but it was great. It was a great experience and it kind of like sets the groundwork for that, that work ethic because... You know, once you get out here, it's like, it's a, you know, you got to work or else, you know. Yeah, or else and you dead. don't know how to work in improv until you've been in a bar and the only suggestions you get are dildo and cum factory. Always great. And, whatever, just and it's like, I already have a joke for that ready yeah, to right. go. Like, yeah. I'm that guy in that audience anyway, uh, so I'm going to yell at it. I hated those people, like, from minute one. Like, really? Dildo I, guy? I was never the person to, I, I never wanted to be the, we need a suggestion. Because then yeah, it like yeah. gets, you know, because then it gets, if no one yells anything, it's super embarrassing. Yeah. And it's just like, eh, all right, we're we're at Walmart. Great. There's going to be a hilarious scene Worst at Walmart. scenes ever. <laughs> anything with me was in pretty bad that And too. nobody says anything. Now, if you were to do an improv set, you'd be yeah. like, please, nobody say anything. We do whatever fuck we're, we yeah, want. Yeah, we're right? okay. We'll take that. That was no, a no. theme for the scene, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, like, yeah. You didn't use my suggestion. Ridiculous. But Chicago was great. Same thing. Um, you know, I kind of hit my ceiling wall ceiling sounds like i was going places when i wasn't you know what i mean like oh i got as far as i can no it just i kind of hit that this i did my time here i i had a blast but then it's you know a lot of people in the midwest like yourself midwest born and bred it's like before you make a move east or west you stop in chicago for a little bit yeah and then the people that come out east or west right away are the ones that usually do really well and they're the ones yeah they're the ones with the guts and it's just like wow i wish i would not i did not get to do the chicago thing but i used to go down there to experience it and do it like we would go from detroit down there to do shows and then go back yeah and you know, I mean, but I always it's only like, it what, missed out on it. Four and a half hour drive. Yeah, not bad. Like no, about three and a half, four hours. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. My my mom lives, but I'm. It's like you know, I drive slow, so I'm about six hours, five and a half. If you know. Okay. There, I I don't drive like a millennial, yeah. right? No. I drive slow. No, right. Uh, <laughs> so that drive was always pretty brutal. Like going as soon as you get west past Sandusky, and then you got like Toledo, and then another sixty miles of nothing. Yeah. And then another sixty miles until you hit South Bend. For Notre Dame, and then that's pretty much it's it. Pretty much Chicago. It's a straight yeah. shot of yeah, nothing pretty, for a yeah. good while there. I did, that, I did that. I did that. I did the mega bus back mega and forth. Mega bus, dude. We used to do that. We used to love that. When it was, you know, they advertised it as one dollar. I actually, yeah. I got on when it was one dollar round trip. I don't even remember I, that. I remember it being like eight or nine. But I, I don't know how. Well, you don't want to know the trick. Sorry, mega bus, but they didn't really have the best system to check. So like, you live, you left from Tower City in downtown Cleveland. At least I did. And you make one stop in Toledo to pick people up and drop people right. off. And you make another stop in South Bend, I want to say. Okay. And that's just like to go to the bathroom. So I would buy a ticket to Toledo and just, and just stay, stay on. on. No one's checking. They don't even look at anything. Yeah, They're like, yeah. where are you going? And I was like, oh, I doubt. Because I would go off times too, you know, like Wednesday, like the red eye bus back to Chicago on a Wednesday night. So it wasn't like people were hammering to get from Toledo to Chicago at that time. Yeah. 
you ever get off the bus and just bitch the guy out for like uh, not telling you that it was the Toledo stop so you could get away with it? <laughs> no, I'm not that guy. I did. This is actually a crazy story. It's not crazy. Now I just like let in like this is going to be some amazing story. I got a dog. She's whimpering. Can you? uh <laughs> oh, it's all right, the, man. I got three. Keep, keep it quiet over there instead of staring at the wall. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at us. So I'm coming back. It's, I don't know. If it might have been Thanksgiving, Christmas sometime around there because I was coming back and it was snowing real bad. And it was, again, it was the whatever. The Is there another name for the Bread Eye bus? Whatever that version yeah, of the I bus is. Know. So you leave from there from Union Station in Chicago. So we got to Toledo, and you stop in the like Toledo Mall. All you Toledian, Toledians? I don't know. Toledonites? I don't know. AP Bio. Glass it's a great show. It takes place. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you stop at Toledo in this mall, and it got there at like 3 or 4 a.m. just to drop people off. But the, the it was the middle of, not the middle of winter, but it was bad out. So the whole mall parking lot was ice. Okay. So people are sleeping, and about 45 minutes goes by, and I'm up. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. what's going on here? Like, we're not moving. So I go and ask the bus driver who hasn't done anything. And he's like, uh, we're stuck. And I was like, well, did you go outside to try? And he's like, it's not moving. So I was like, let me go out and try. <laughs> Do you feel him hitting the wheels at he, all this whole nothing. time? Nothing. He, I, was like, he, I think he was just waiting maybe for the, for the ice to melt. Like, he, he ain't even spinning the didn't tires. He did He's a mega bus driver. <laughs> nothing against mega bus drivers, but he was a mega bus driver. <laughs> so I went out to the back of the bus. And I'm like, yeah, we're definitely stuck in ice. I grew up with a car that was like 30 other people's yeah, cars yeah. before sure. it finally got right. to me. So exactly. I kind of know how to, you know, you get kitty litter in the back, yeah, you know you how to do stick that. something under the tires. Yeah, so I was like, you have a, you got a wiper, you know, a windshield wiper. And he's like, yeah. So I'm like, all I got to do is lodge this one tire and we'll be able to bust out of here. And I was like, just, can you see me in the rearview mirror? Because I'm a giant double-decker yeah, bus. Yeah. Don't run me over. So I'm out there for a half an hour. I broke two of his wipers. I find, I'm like, I'm, I was like, I can get this. All I have to do is get a little bit of traction. So I go, where's the trash? So I go into the trash and I grab this, this woman just threw away like nine pounds of McDonald's. So she had all the paper bat or all the paper wrappings, like, you know, everything yeah, comes right, right. a whopper it still came at that, you know, the, the brown at that time. So I, I, I took that, unfolded it, jammed all the stuff out of the tire. Meanwhile, I'm looking, there was at least 10 people looking at me, trying to get this bus going all by myself. And I'm probably no like 23 helping. at the time. No Not that it has helping. anything to do with it. Yeah. And and finally, like, I start pushing on it, and he's still kind of revving it, and he can see me. And at this point, the bus driver's at least, he's into it because he knows it's about to happen. Right. So it gets going, but he's in ice. So I finally get it going. He had to drive, like, a block out of the, the mall where there was no more ice. So now not only did I get it, I got to go sprint at the bus. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if this guy's too excited or he forgot about me. So I get back on the bus. And I knew people sucked my whole life. Everybody does, right? Yeah, Everyone's right, terrible. Right. Get back on the bus. I'm like, I just want a handshake. Like, someone to say thank you. Yeah. Bus driver didn't say anything. Not, Not one person. One guy comes up to me and goes, I was going to help, but it looked like you had it. And I was like, that's, oh, really? That's Midwest all over I was like, it. come on. That's so, Midwest all over that one. I so we got out of it, but but that was my that was the last <laughs> one of the last mega bus experience. And then after that, it got all trendy, and it was really crowded. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, oh, yeah. every time I took it, it was, it was very crowded. Super crowded. Which, we used to try to get there super early in the morning so you could get that seat up at the front that had the table. There was oh, only one seat know. that had the table. Did you have double deckers? Yeah, there would be like a double decker. So oh. there was only one seat on the lower level that had a, like a playing card table and like a booth at a restaurant. Oh, so we would get there cool. like two hours early with a cooler full where, of beer Where did yours go? We would go from Detroit through Ann Arbor to make a stop, and then down through Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, and then on into Chicago. So it would go to Chicago, too. Oh, yeah, okay. right to Chicago, right. 
So we would always get early cooler full of beer and all that and get ready and get that table and sit there and play cards and drink the whole way. The first couple times I went on it, it was just the, the regular bus. It wasn't a double decker. Oh, so I'm like, okay. then it got popped. The yeah. first double decker I went on was when it got stuck like, in the Toledo <laughs> Mall. It got popped. I think they still run those things. I'm sure they do. I mean, by the time it was got more expensive, quote unquote, just did air quotes, it, it was like, I don't know, like $40 one way. Which oh, is still man, like that's crazy. Well, still like if you go from where I'm from up through, you know, you take eighty and you hit all the tolls, it ends up being I think I did the math. It was like twenty six or twenty seven dollars one way, anyways. So I was like, eh, guys, it kind of evens itself out. I don't. I know. guess I mean, it takes a little longer though, and you got to share it with a bunch of ungrateful people that when you help them get out, they don't even give. Well, a shit. that's where having money would come into play, <laughs> yeah, and I could right. just fly there. Yeah, if that'd I be great. To. Yeah, that would have been amazing. So, back did you then. head to Chicago to do comedy, or you got wrapped up in it when you got there? No, it was it was one of those things where I was like a, like a like a closeted theater nerd, like my whole life, and didn't okay. know it because I played sports all my life yeah, through yeah. high school, that, football, yeah. and college. So it was like I all oh, my buddies were a bunch of meatheads still to this day, and I love them dearly. Yep. But yep. it was like I never talked about what I wanted to do, and I always wanted to be in like it sounds lame, but entertainment, whether that's writing, production, you know, like anyone yeah, out yeah. here. I got short stories that I wrote when I was like seven years old, or like. You know, I used to love Sandler CDs. So there's some really R-rated material yeah. that I did when I was like 11. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and just recording myself like with a with an actual cassette tape. Yeah. And some really raunchy stuff. I oh, actually yeah. found it last Christmas when I was home. I was oh, like, this isn't weird. funny. This is just weird. Yeah. And my friend and I used to do like our own Wayne's World. And I just always entranced by that. I used to edit home movies on, I had a VHS um, camcorder. Okay. Um, this was in high school. When I right. was in high school. Right. Like new stuff had come out, like mini DV tape, but I got the VHS because, like I said, my cars were owned by thirty sure, other people. Sure, yeah, you got hand me down. My my camcorder yeah. owned by another forty. Yeah. So I used to edit movies for like school and stuff. I'd have two DVD VCR players, and I'd hook up the VHS camcorder to one VCR, yes. run yeah. it through there, That's and the then run the other it. one and press and record. And I was like, it's not as bad. As like you think, it's just as good as like how yeah. Birdemic did, and that's a movie. Same with you the just room. That's be like, like real perfect. Yeah, like boom, but boom. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, I'm doing this for absolutely no reason. And then after college, it was kind of like, ah, should I go? Like it was one of those things where, you know, I just didn't. I didn't have any expectations. Like I didn't sure. know if I was gonna be good. If you can be good at improv or comedy or yeah, anything no, in general. Yeah. But I'm someone that's like, I just wanted to try. And then when I got there, I was like, I had a little bit of a knack for it, but I also just loved it. And I think that was the biggest thing. I was like, oh, yeah. I like it. It's like, who cares? Like, I don't care if I'm, like, good and I'm making friends and I like it. And it's just a whole different world because it was, like, the first time I was kind of, like, not the odd man out because yeah. I never was – I never you were felt, doing what you really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, like I'm with all these people that have been acting their whole lives, yeah. been in a million plays, and it was just like a world that I hadn't experienced yet, and I loved it. Loved everything about it. Did you find that early on uh, that crowd could be a little dismissive or um, on edge around you, knowing your background, being a sports guy, being a jock? Um, no, cause I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I give, oh, I'm wearing a backwards hat and gym shorts right <laughs> now, but I don't know. I don't, I give off like that goofy meathead vibe. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. It sounds weird to talk about myself. Yeah. I never had anyone, at least they, they might've said stuff behind my back, but to my face, it always came off genuine. So they're great yeah. actors if they yeah, hated yeah. me. Uh, but no, that was the thing. It was like, I have friends this day that like on paper, we have zero things in common. And it's we have amazing friendships, right? Just because our, yeah. our personalities. Oh, what about world you? That gets I'm assuming you got some scowls, huh? Well, I you're did. a big guy. I did. Um, 
Not and listen, and the Detroit improv scene, the people who mattered and were like amazing and great who are killing it right now yeah. out here in the Detroit scene, they were great to me. Yeah. Like they were That's usually how it is. for who yeah. I was. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they liked me. Um but there was a giant well, not giant. I don't want to say giant. There were a few people that I could tell that, like, they just had this vibe of they didn't like being around me because they were like, those are the guys that beat me up in high school. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't do that shit. <laughs> but know, those are your main head those friends. Guys, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, so, I don't know. There was, there was a just little to, bit like, of that. Just to, like, build up tension? There's a little bit of that. I, I got more, like, ribbed about it. Like, I got, I got a friend to this day that instead of saying, how you doing, he says, touchdown to me. To this day, and I think it's the funniest thing, just because he knows I love sports. A touchdown. And he doesn't at all. Yeah. Oh, no. No, actually, the funny thing is he does. He was like oh. an all-city tennis player in high school. Okay. I was like, you're yeah. an athlete. Right. What are you talking about? He's like, yeah. well, whatever. Touchdown. Yeah. Oh, and no, I think not it's whatever, the, dude. You, whether yeah. you like it or not, yeah. you have Yeah, to. and he was like a world-class <laughs> swimmer, or so he says. It's like, yeah. that's ten times better than it's anything funny. I ever was. It's funny that, like, and then when you get into that world... Um, it's a whole new world of people and things that, like, I can't be more thankful about being and getting involved in it because I'm just like, I've met some of the greatest oh, yeah. people. You know and, you, I mean? and I find out I'm more like-minded with them more so than some of the other stuff I had growing up. When you yeah. get down Because, you know, you grow up in a Midwestern town, Akron, like, all the guys I went through grade school and high school with were all kind of the same kind of upbringing, same kind of yeah. everything. Like, I didn't know... Like, I, to this day, have never been skiing or snowboarding. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't know people did that until I got to college. And someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm going uh, skiing with my family this week. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. He's like, we go, like, five times a year. And I was like, I went to the beach for the first time last year. Like, you know I don't – Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess the yeah. world is – you know, there's different things it's out there. It's funny because it's like life parallels – it, like, parallels and improv scene. Like, it evolves – like you're saying, like you got involved with these people and then like your perspective evolves. Whereas like some of the people you probably were friends with back in the day, like they kind of haven't. They yeah. They might still live. And I'm not knocking staying in the no, neighborhood. I no, love that stuff. I'm just saying like they just are kind of doing the same and, and being the same and having the same thought processes where like being exposed to this, like oh, yeah. my mind has changed about a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm engaged to uh, a beautiful woman somehow. I don't know what she sees in me, but like our, our, she grew up in a single mother. She has no brothers or sisters. Like, and I grew up, you know, with older brother, older sister. Right. Never, like, always did everything together. And it's just very different upbringings. And we fell in love like that. Like, it's just so interesting right, how, that right. stuff, how that stuff works out. It is, man. But, it like, is. yeah, I'm with you like that. But the same thing, like, all my buddies from high school and college that were, you know, sports guys with myself, like, they all love what I do. Yeah. They love it. They yes. love it. They think it's so cool because it's just, like, they're like, oh, I didn't even know you were in this. So like, yeah, I was. I just, you know, I didn't talk about it. Right, right. Sorry, everybody. Hey, Dusty, oh, let's uh, cool, cool your jets. Keep keeping us safe, man. Somebody walk by the door. Yeah, that fifteen-pound pug's gonna <laughs> jaw your leg off if you keep if you keep at it. Yeah, so it's been great. Yeah, the comedy world. My um, I used to do once. I went through. I went through the Second City Conservatory. Loved it. Had a great time. Our show in Chicago. For, in Chicago. Okay. And I also went through I O at the same time. R I P. Right. Okay. And yeah. um. And I like Second City a little bit more. That's just my personal preference. You know, yeah. people to the outside world, it's the exact too. same thing, but it's not. I mean, no, I'll uh, tell you right not now. At all. You want, I, I don't even. I, you would say whatever you want to say, man. I, I cannot stand the Herald. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I think it's the big. It's like one of those things where it's like there's these rules, but you don't follow these rules and don't be so regimented. Yeah. And it's the most regimented thing there. I, I can't stand I, it. I love the second city just because like we, we built a show together. So it was like, everyone was working with everybody. Yeah. And like, 
I mean, maybe it comes back to being like a little bitter about certain things, but everybody is. But it's like IO is so competitive, but weirdly competitive because it's so subjective yeah. at the same time. Right, right. Where it's like I didn't play that game at IO. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't sure. clamoring for an internship. Like, yeah. and again, this is going to come off like I'm angry about certain no, things because no. you know everybody has an opinion about Everybody's IO, a very opinion. strong opinion sure, about IO. Sure. But like I was never really I, I loved it for what it was. Like I used it for class to meet people sure. and it was it was it was a blast. But like Second City I've had more I think lasting relationships. And I don't know what that like my buddy Brendan, I work with him now to this day. He moved out of here, he stayed with me. We lived together for the first year and a half. He yeah. was out here. You know, we met in conservatory back in oh eight. Yeah, like so so it's, my my you know, a couple of my best friends to this day are guys I met level one second city <laughs> yeah. and we went the whole way through oh yeah and we are you know tight awesome. as you can be to this day that's awesome i feel like second city gives you more of an ability to get in where you fit in like to gravitate to the people that you work well with yeah. and, and then to move along with them whereas io it always kind of felt like they're grabbing people and putting them on teams and you yeah. kind of get pushed into groups where this ain't my group. These guys are great, but they don't do what I do or I don't well, know. You know, all that stuff came out about IO West and it's like it shut down for a reason. And when when all the, you know, quote unquote, big wigs and all the big comedy people that have had success, a lot of success in the improv, yeah. just the improv community in general, not mentioning, you know, stuff they're actually getting paid a lot sure, of money for sure. now today and well-deserved. Yeah, right. But like when they come out and like say all that stuff, like yeah, this is what how yeah. it was. It's like oh okay, so it wasn't just like a weird feeling. Yeah, it I wasn't had. just a weird perception. It was yeah, kind of and true. again, it's gonna come off like angry and bitter. But I never was about anything. It was more so about like I never got. This is what always pissed me off about that is that I never understood like somebody that wasn't quote unquote funny in class, and then that people would shun them outside of class, like. If they didn't pick up your 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 game right. quick enough, they would get like fuck that guy. Can I close yeah. on this? No, yeah, man. Fuck that guy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I said I was a dentist. And he made me a fucking lawyer. Like, yeah. it's like it was a mistake. Like, yeah. you're gonna hate the person forever because six people in the audience. Like, it, yeah, right. It, that kind of stuff always rub. And that wasn't everybody. And the but scene everybody before that guy just did the same damn thing. Yeah, you know? it just it just like you know. I watched one Herald, and there was this guy, and you could tell he was like. And this is when I was going through classes, you know? So, like, you have some all-stars in all your, like, at least Absolutely. in Chicago, it's like 5B classes. Like, my class was awesome. We had, like, the greatest people, so everybody looked good. Yeah. Like, everybody looked yeah. good because so many great people were in it. Yeah. And then there, I watched, like, another classes, and there was this guy who was, like, he initiated everything. He was the one going out and, like, putting his life out there, as I like to say, falling on the sword. And, like, nobody, like, supported him. Because you could tell, like, they thought he was, like, weird or something. Or they didn't, like, like his yeah. personality, even though, like... Well, they're intimidated by how he cut... I don't they know, but maybe yeah. it was, like, if they went out there, it would have been awesome. And then he ended up looking like a jerk because they were like, oh, he didn't... I, 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 I mean, that happens yeah. everywhere, every night, every improv scene ever. Sure. But it was, like, it, it very much stood out to, like, that kind of... Um, the word toxic is lame, so I'm not going to use that. But, like, that type of competitiveness. Yeah. Um, within that realm, and then you look like a couple years down the road, you're like, oh, maybe I should have. Yeah, well, you look back on anything in retrospect. <laughs> That's true. Once you get yeah. north of 30 and you realize, oh, man, I fucked that uh, up. I maybe fucked I should have gone up. out that night. I maybe I should, that yeah. Up, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything's coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know? So then you wound up out here. What 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 led to the move out this way? Yeah, I was doing some good work. I was um I was booking a couple commercials in Chicago. I started like going out for some uh, TV roles, which was 
surprising yeah. um, more than anything. But I did a bunch of regional commercials. I had a couple, did like a big campaign with like Philips Norelco and then some regional stuff, then a couple national commercials. And I always wanted to like make stuff on my own. But you know, Chicago, like Los Angeles, it's hard to live if you don't have a job. So I was working full time. So then I was like, screw this. I was in a relationship that was, eh. yeah. The word bleak is like a very positive yeah. way to put it. <laughs> so I was like, let's let's get out of here, fresh start. So I just wanted to come out here, and I was like, look, I saved. I can do whatever the hell I want for a year. Like if I fall back, I I didn't burn any bridges in Chicago, or of course back home in Ohio. I can go back and I can do whatever the hell, not whatever yeah, I want. Nothing to lose, man. Nothing yeah, I go back work on the steel mill on the yeah, docks. Go Goodyear plan or something. But I could. I could be like, and then sure. I did it. You know, no regrets. Like, I'm going to try it. Absolutely. If I fail, I you fail. You got to go for it, right. So then I did it. I just kind of hit the ground running. And I, and I quickly realized that most people out here don't do any work. Like, not that they don't get work, but especially on the acting front, people are like, oh, I'm an actor. It's like, Make goodwill hunting right. yourself. Like make your own stuff. What are you so, doing? Yeah, what do you do? And again, that's a terrible thing to say to an actor because of course they're trying and they want to go on auditions. But at the end of the day, yeah. it's like it's like your talent's like ten percent of whatever gets you in that door. Sure. So I just started making my own stuff. Like I, I took a couple classes at Groundlings and I thought it was so cool because like everyone there were like established actors yeah. and actresses, I and I was like, holy shit! Like I took Groundlings and uh, Lauren Lapkiss was in my class with me, and she was already kind of like at that tier not not as big sure. as she is now yeah. and she was the sweetest most humble and like just stood out talent wise but just like everything about her and I was like why are you like groundling and she's like well I just want to get better at what I do yeah. and I was like that's not how people were back in Chicago. They were like, no. I want to be on a house I team. I want to be the man in and the good team this, and out front. Yeah, and this girl Zoe, she was like one of these huge stars on a soap opera in Australia. And it was just like these really established people. And then they come here and it was like, oh my God, everyone's kind of in that same boat again. And it's kind of, it yep. was, everyone was kind of like nervous and scared at the same time. So I, I met up with some people there and started writing and... I had some shorts get a ton of views on like Funny or Die, and then that kind of snowballed, and I just started making a lot more of my own content. So whether it was short stuff, writing longer things, and then I was like, I'm just gonna keep doing things. Like, yeah, everybody just kind of sits on an idea. Like at least I'm doing it, and if it yeah. sucks, it sucks. If it's good, it's good. And so far, they've all been yeah. good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying now that. you had a, uh, the one web series got picked up, right? So I uh, I made a web series called The Next Steps, which was uh, <laughs> loosely based on a past relationship. That bleak one that I mentioned. Sure, there. sure. Um, uh, royalties. No yeah, royalties. that I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, for her. So no offense. Uh, so I wrote about five episodes, and they were all like twenty-two minute episodes, right? Right. I didn't have. I I was had an agency rep, but no one for lit. So it was like, I'm not, no one cares. I'm a nobody. No, I don't even so know like, how you get lit representation. Exactly. <laughs> so I, um, I ended up just like shooting like a couple three minute scenes. And I, I remember I, I put one on Funny or Die because that's what you did. This was like five years ago, six years, no, five years ago. And the first one I did, they featured it on their front page and it got a couple hundred thousand views and it did really well. And I was like, I didn't even think this was good for Funny or Die because it wasn't like jokey jokey. Yeah. It was more like. I don't want to say curb your enthusiasm because that's setting awkward. the bar high, yeah. but you know what I mean, yeah. like that or like a Louie type thing. You sure, know? right. Real um, life awkward. Yeah, yeah. Comedy. It was yeah. more like, hey, this is just more conversational and relatable than like jokey and punchline. Right. And so I did about eight episodes there, and this is something I shot and edited by myself. Lindsay Doolin uh, played my co-star in it. It plays my co-star in it. She's phenomenal, so everything just give her more lines and it ended up being yeah. pretty good. Um, and it did well. And then we did a little Kickstarter because that's what you do in LA to start your next web series right. uh, for season two. 
ended up making another, I did about 15 episodes and these were longer, four to five minutes. And um, it started um, Amazon Prime opened up like a new platform. They were trying to, basically I was on the ground floor when Amazon opened it up to independent uh, producers to get their stuff on there. All you had to do is have an EIN and have content that's decent enough and we'll put it on our platform. So um, my series went up like the first month they opened up that opportunity and it ended up because, you know, 99% of the world doesn't know the difference if they don't, no. if they've never seen it before. Nope. And like cameras these days look good yeah. regardless of how cheap they are. So it's like my stuff was, uh, it was actually like, because it got so many views right away, it got pushed up in their algorithms, Zuckerberg, sure. and it gets pushed up there. And now it's like sitting next to like, this was before Amazon had their channels. So it was like, yeah. it was like Curb, Eastbound and Down, because they had all the HBO shows and then my show, The Next Steps. And it was like, people didn't know the difference. Like, not that they well, didn't know, the, of course they can know the difference. Yeah. But they didn't think like, oh, a web series is up here. They just but thought, the oh, I've never was, seen this show. Like, it's, it's, it looks good, like visually, when you watch it, yeah. it looks high quality exactly. and really good. So. so that was like, to the untrained eye, like, oh, this just is a show I haven't seen before. So it ended up doing well, like, you know, outside of family and friends, we're not complete strangers actually like the show that have no context for anything about it. Like, that's a big deal. And so it did really well, and it was uh, we won an award 11 months in a row for being the most viewed independent title. Um, and yeah, it just it just that's got to open some doors. That opened a couple doors, and and actually crazy thing. So new platform called Seed and Spark, which is the independent creator's dream. They have a new streaming service on iTunes, and um, well, you can stream it on I, I, uh, Apple to, uh, Apple TV and Roku. Um, but their subscription-based platform specializes in like high-end independent projects because right. they started out as like an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter, but just for film. Oh, okay. So it's pretty interesting how like they they um, they get their stuff up and running. But they ended up doing the streaming service, and they just I just got in with them, and it's literally starts streaming tomorrow or May eighth. So depending on when you listen to it, okay. Like the next steps is available on. Amazon Prime only. Um, you can watch it with ads or you can stream it on uh, Seed and Spark. Check out Seed and Spark if you can. It's one month free with them. They're, they've been awesome. They've been okay. they've been so great. So I wasn't even familiar with that. Yeah, and, and not many people are at this point because they kind of just started this service. It was very interesting. They're like a very like, hey, they're, we're sponsoring very like all-inclusive type of content, content that might not be made by mainstream media, like LGBTQ stuff or, or minority-driven sure, narratives sure. that might not get but the But all over day. the board. But all, like, my stuff's on there. Yeah, like, right. Starting to white people. Like, right. it's not like they're, like, shunning sure, that demographic. Sure. They want well, everything. You just, I mean, nowadays, it's like even that you just mentioned that you turned off half the population that you even said that, and they think if they turn it on, that's all they're going to see. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah, it's exactly. Sad nowadays, it's one side or the other. It's like, no, there's stuff yeah, all over the board there. there. I'm just and saying I, they're open to everything. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's exactly how they are. They're right. awesome. They're awesome. It's more independent. This, and if your stuff happens to have X, Y, Z included, yeah, even better. Even it's, better. It's right. like combine. Oh, you, these are your stats, and yeah. you ran a four three. Right, Fantastic! Right. But you exactly. only ran a four four. Now we're not going right. to cut you. Exactly. It's one of those things. Yeah. Sports reference. Sports reference. All um, so yeah, then that turned into. Uh, sorry, am I steamrolling this? No. Um, this is the thing, man. This so I was working full time for a company, heading up their video, and we owned and operated about nine YouTube channels. We're specialized in documentaries. So my big project over the past, it was the past year and a half of my life, basically. I basically conceived an idea in April of 2016, and it was for a full-length featured documentary about a Midwest high school football rivalry. 
and uh, yada yada yada. I've yada yada sex. Thing. This is my favorite thing that you did. Um, I watched it right after it first got oh, on you Amazon did? a while ago. Oh, and then I revisited it this weekend because I knew we were doing oh. this. and I'm just gonna tell you right now, if you are a 30 for 30 fan or a sports fan, if you're a football guy, if you played high school football, even if you didn't, if you're into rivalries like Michigan, Ohio State, or Auburn, Alabama, things like this, you'll love this documentary. This documentary it's, is it's You're not just awesome. saying that? No. Thank it's you. awesome. Like, my son is going to be a freshman next year. Where at? At Hart High School uh, in, in the Foothills League. Oh, okay. Had a pretty good football program. Well, it used to be really, really good. Like, Matt Moore came out of there, and they used to be oh, one yeah. of the best He's still programs He's around. He's still slinging? Yeah, but um, now Valencia is the big school in their conference, but that's the big rivalry is oh, Valencia-Hart, okay. and I, I don't think Hart's beat them in, like, seven or eight years now, so the film, like, hit really close to home for what I want him and his buddies to watch, and oh, like, you awesome. guys be the guys to change it, and I'm going to show them this film. But I could relate to this film big time coming out of Detroit because I grew up in a neighborhood in the city that was made up of all cops and firemen, uh, it, or the, your dad worked on the line. Blue, for the big yeah, all blue collar, real yeah, blue yeah. collar, industrial, like yeah. white, black, Hispanic neighborhood, and all the kids that lived in that neighborhood. You went to the small Catholic schools, yeah. except you didn't go to Detroit public school. So, growing up, all the kids in the neighborhood played for all the small little schools in the neighborhood, and you played each other. So, so it was very much like it hit home. For oh, me, that's very, that's time. very similar. Yeah, 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 big time. You know? um, yeah, so it was kind of a, I, I was just kind of thinking out loud. So I went to a high school called Archbishop Hoban High School. It's in Akron, Ohio. And the other high school in the neighborhood has a lot of bit more clout nationwide. It's called St. Vincent St. Mary, which is where Mr. LeBron James went to high school. And LeBron was a year younger than me in school. He's a little bit taller. Uh, he's a little bit better yeah, in basketball. Just so everybody knows, I'm a huge, <laughs> not much, yeah. I'm a huge LeBron homer, by the way, everybody. Um, so I always had this concept. It was just very interesting because, like, like you were just saying, it's in in Akron. It's a very tight knit. It's a very to this day. It's a very very blue collar, and it's a very Catholic area. It's it's still pretty strong today, but back you know 50, 60 years ago, it's you know a million times stronger. Like the diocese in Akron and Cleveland was insane, in a good way. So it was kind of like this feeder system of all these local grade schools, and then all of a sudden you chose either to go to St. Vincent St. Mary or you choose to go to Hoban High School, and it's like on paper they're the kind of very, very similar, but once you're in both schools for a minute, you're like these schools are very, very different. And like you can't really put your finger on it, and there's people that are diehard St. V, there's people that are diehard Hoban, and you don't yeah. cross colors, and uh, school colors, and it's like – it's it's just so interesting to think like how engraved you are in it and and the film it encompasses the history of both schools and the city dating back to the late 50s um and then highlighting it up into the present game that took place last fall on uh, September 17th in 2016 and it's crazy the schools play at Infocision Stadium which is the University of Akron, Akron Stadium yeah. and they fit that with 20,000 people that's more than Akron gets for their games for home mat games uh, yeah. sorry Akron you no. and at the time St. V had won a state championship in 2012 and 2013 and then Hoban came back and won it in 2014 and 20 or uh, yeah, I'm now, sorry that was interesting so 13 the and the then they won it in 15 15 and 16 yeah. and then spoiler alert Hoban won it again this past year for a three-peat oh did they yeah so that's okay. five out of the five past of the six, six state championships have been split by either two of these Akron schools and you know back you know 30 40 years ago it was it was all the Catholic kids but you know about 20 years ago a lot of the public yeah. school kids started coming over and now of course sure. all the public schools in Akron hate Hoban and St. V sure. I'm just sure. I'm just spitballing and I was here. gonna say like when and when I was growing up like coming out of my neighborhood um 
the only thing I would say was slightly different was like all the schools, like the kids from the neighborhoods went to the schools, but it was only about 50% of them were Catholic. Oh, you know really? I mean? Yeah, it was just, you, you didn't go to Detroit public schools if your parents were like, you know, lower middle class, blue collar, had a little bit of money. You went to one of the Catholic schools, just, you know, education wise, yeah. but the sports were 10 times better as well. Well, I mean, both these schools have been good for a while. Like uh, St. V obviously has LeBron and there's some really awesome unseen LeBron James high school football accident, which there is, is. is unreal to see. Like if you, if you get a chance to see the movie, like I played against him, like I, I want to say I guarded him, you know, <laughs> I guarded him about as good as the Raptors are doing today. Uh, but, you know, looking at him back then and when we played him, because he only played through his junior year, he didn't play his senior year. But he was about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. And at 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, he looks seven feet tall on the field. Sure. You know, one stride is equal to five of a normal Akron person's. And, and, but, but even them with the basketball, same view with the basketball, because they won their eighth state championship this past year. They had great kids coming to that school even before. I remember I was in like eighth grade and we went to the basketball tournament because that's what you do, right? You go to the yeah. local high school tournaments sure. to watch. And they had all of a sudden everyone's like, who are these? They had two of these giant seven footers from Lithuania that just happened to transfer to the school. And everyone's like, how these school? school. How these kids now. get here? It's so crazy but this was now. back in the this was like mid to late nineties. And then, crazy. you know, LeBron came there and changed the landscape of that well, the city in northeast yeah. Ohio kind of forever. Um and and there's some great there's some great uh, arcs with uh, his years and it just is kind of the biggest back and forth uh, between both schools. But it really what I wanted to give across is like you know football won. Everyone's trying to bash football right now, right? Concussions, yes. the mas- toxic no. masculinity, and everything. You're far from going on this one. Man. I've never had anything. Po- when I I start, started playing football in third grade, and I was yeah. I was the big kid. I played center, so. And I, I, after my third, going to the third grade, so going to the fourth grade, I didn't want to play. And my dad was like, you're playing. And I was like, he forced me to play football going yeah. to the fourth grade. And it was the greatest decision I ever made because the, the, what you learn from the sport. Yeah. And I lucked out where I had great coaches. I had great coaches. I, I played with great friends. <laughs> yeah, like I had people that taught the game right. Yeah, like you lucked I, out there. I, I got lucky. I know that, you know. But, That's the main reason that I got into – uh, coaching my own kids immediately when I was done, you, you know, we both played college football. And when I was done playing and my kids started playing, I was like, no. yeah, I, You know, I had decent coaches in grade school, but yeah. looking back, like, they didn't know the game, yeah. but they were real motivators and barkers. And we yeah. were real, oh, St. Gemma Shamrocks. We were <laughs> real good, really good. We got to go to the Pontiac Silverdome and play and stuff. And we, we had a good team. But anyway, but in high school, total boob. Total boob had no idea what he was doing, and we were a couple fumbles a away rube. from a state title. Ah. And this boob, if we'd have had a real coach, we had someone that just knew something. But I digress. What I'm getting at is that's why I was like, okay, well, my kids are playing. I'm like, no, I have all this knowledge from playing. I, I can't just stand by and yeah. watch some boob go out there and yell at him like it's the '60s and scream and no water and you know forearm blocking shivers. And I'm like, I'm done with. It. I can't. I can't. You know what I mean? So that's why I got involved in coaching my own kids is because. It's important, man, to learn oh, how yeah. to play. I mean, all my buddies now, well, not all of them, but I got a lot of friends, their, their kids are turning six, seven, eight, and it's like they got to make that decision in the next couple of years. Like, yeah. what are they going to do? And they're kind of going back and forth with it. And I was, you know, I don't, I can't really make my opinion because I'm going to be like, play. If the kid wants to play, play. If you want to play, play. play you know? But going back to the movie, like, that's kind of what I want to tie in <clears throat> is that, like, it's amazing, but it's not like, you know, our first interviews with a guy named Ralph Panessa, he worked in both schools for. Uh, he worked in Hoban for like 30 years. He worked at St. V for another 20 years. He went back and forth, yeah. athletic director, wrestling coach, football coach. He played in the inaugural game, you know, and he's pushing his mid-70s now. 
how many memories you have in mid seventies, and he can recall play for play what yeah. happened that game, yeah. and it, it just it really comes across very much like, hey, this isn't the end all be all for these guys. This is just an amazing moment in their life yeah. that they'll kind of treasure forever. I mean, you get any guys from any era in a room, their era is the best, right? Sure. And, and it's all sure. Italian guys and Irish guys. You know, it's yeah. very Italian, yeah. Irish yeah. neighborhoods in Akron, and they're they're name dropping everybody. And I'm and I recognize all these last names because even if I don't know the people, I'm like, I know that name. Yeah. My dad that used to talk about him. I, and every and every city and every city has this. Akron's not special sure, because sure. of it. It was just this story in this town. It is a little bit. It is a little bit because, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, in a lot of other neighborhoods that were like Akron back in the day, um, they're not that way anymore. And for that to still be like that around yeah. there is very special because those neighborhoods have been murdered in this country. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone. Those neighborhoods are gone. They're few and far between. So that was one thing during the film that I did really like was to see that there's still some places that exist like that. Yeah. You know? No, it, it, I mean, it's, and like both schools are powerhouses and it's just, it's it's got we we premiered I had a premiere at uh, the Akron Civic Theater back on after the last game last year on a Sunday night and twelve hundred people came twelve hundred people came to this to the That's premiere awesome, man. and it got a standing ovation and it was the coolest thing when people came on the screen people were cheering fake booing when the other teams were on sure, because sure. the last game I wanted it, you know I wanted it to be like an action movie like you didn't know it was a documentary you know and if and to toot my horn and the other people that were involved in the making of the movie, yeah. um, it came out that way. I mean, we had our score was by Matt Novak, who scores Wet Hot American Summer. He's now, a he's got a comedy background. Yeah, yeah, this guy scored Wet Hot American yeah, Summer. Yeah, he scores that. How do I know to get Well, that? it's funny because he's like a Cleveland guy. He always works with David Wayne, who's from the Shaker that. area. Okay. But I met him through a buddy that knew him in Chicago. So we've worked on a couple things. I. I uh, pitched and sold a couple horror shorts at one point to uh, Crypt TV and Blumhouse, and he came on and did the music for that because he's a composer and he's a musician, but he's just almost like an actor. He's like, I got to open up my repertoire. I can't just do this one genre. Yeah. So he comes over, does me a huge favor, and then Nick Donnelly did some music, and then I got hooked up. I reached out to a buddy that worked on the Showtime series um, – uh, a season with that followed Florida State and Notre Dame because he yeah. was an editor on that. And I was like, hey, I got this new project. I'm looking for a great editor. And just like down the line it went and I met this awesome guy, These Paul guys Matthew jumped Gordon. In on the arm? Jumped in. So no, well people that couldn't then Paul Matthew Gordon, awesome editor. He came in, he just happened to love football. Then he's an amazing editor and then yeah. he also happened to love football. And his wife's yeah. from Michigan. So oh, like really? so she was like, oh hell yeah. Like this is how cool. Like right. I can I can I can I can relate to this. Um, so just getting people on the back end to, to kind of help out and like a time crunch and my colorist was a friend of a, my my old editor at the, she's not old I just don't work yeah, there anymore work but right. she was our editor and she used to work at Picturehead so the one of the main colorists at Picturehead like I called him to be like hey you have an extra week to maybe do a side project and people are willing to help out like obviously they got That's paid I'm amazing. not just doing it like pro no, bono I'm, here I'm you know you, you watch this thing too man and I'm not just saying this because we're doing thank a you you watch this thing. And it's one of those legitimate sports documentaries that Thank you get you. into, man. It's awesome. If Thank you're a 30 for 30 fan, you will love this thing. Well, it's on. So we premiered, and we had a month-long theatrical in, in Ohio, and it sold out. The only night we didn't sell out was the night of the game that took place that following year. So okay. there was a game sure. the Friday, because we premiered the Sunday before that, that year's game last year. So that Friday night when the game took place was the only night we didn't sell out at that theater. So every other night it sold out, which was huge. People saw it three, four times, and it, it was really cool. But it's on uh, Amazon, iTunes, 
uh, Voodoo. There's a thing called Voodoo now. It's another streaming service. Google Play, YouTube Movies. It's also on uh, yeah. Seed and Spark. Seed and Spark picked it up, okay. and it's one of their most watched uh, titles over the past month. Um, and it's still negotiations with other people. It's also our original soundtracks available, Spotify, iTunes, all the all the hits, and then our original soundtrack. Hats yeah. off to Matt Novak and Nick Donnelly, and also Ballroom Boxer, my buddy's band in Chicago, offered okay. an instrumental track to the to the sound. The whole movie's scored. We end up doing the math. The movie's ninety five minutes. It's uh, one hour and nineteen minutes of music. So it's like, it's <clears throat> so it's, it it it. Moves fast for being a documentary. Yeah, it moves pretty quick. It moves pretty quick. Um, so if you guys get a chance, I would, take I would, a gander. I'm just telling you, if you like 30 for 30s and you like documentaries, Thank and you. sports rivalries. I mean, it's got the whole Michigan Ohio State thing going on where the one coach initially started at the yeah. one school and then he winds up being the spoilers coach at the other school. Spoilers. You know? Yeah, and it was you it know? was you know I live in sin with my now fiance, but it was like I didn't see her for like six months. Like I remember three months before the movie was about Samir, I was like, because I was working full time. So yeah. I was up every day at 4 a.m. working on it for three, four hours. Yeah. And then at night when I got back, the same thing. I was like, I'm not going to. And we never saw each no. other. And she was the greatest person ever with it. I thought you meant living in sin because she went to St. V's. No, I was living, <laughs> I was living in sin because, uh, I don't know, that's what you said. There you yeah. got the old Catholic guilt. No, <laughs> now, What was your record while you were there? You we were good. <laughs> we were good. We were, um, um, so my brother was two years old. So we went to the playoffs every year I was there. Um, but we never got out of the second round when I was there. So, like, my okay. senior year, we were 9-1 throughout the regular season, won the first round, lost the second round. How did you do against the MBs while you were there? 4-0. See, that's beautiful. Yeah, my years my years was a streak, and then a couple years after I was gone, you know, one of my best friends, he's in my wedding, and, and he went. To, we played all through grade school, he went to St. V., and then we played again. We played with each other again in college, but we hated each other for four years. Not hated, but, sure, it was like, sure. but it was like, he's still yeah. pissed. He's like, I'm still mad we never yeah, beat you people guys. people don't know. Like, if you played football, you get it. And especially <coughs> if you're involved in some kind of rivalries like there are in yeah, these kind just, of leagues. Because I'm sitting on the other side of the microphone right now, and I'm like, we didn't beat our rival the four years I was in <laughs> high school to the tune of they beat us when I was a freshman. Um, not to get along with it, but when I was a freshman, I played on the varsity, and we had the last game of the year was us against them, and they beat us 7 nothing to go to the championship. And then, Ooh, what a boring uh, game. 7 nothing, and we had a punch stuck in the mud, and it was garbage. But anyway, they end up winning. Stuck Wait, is that a metaphor? Or is that, like, oh, punted, literally a punt stuck we, in the mud. They punted to try to pin us deep, and it like it was raining, and it went up in the air. Didn't and bounce. And landed at the one and just went. Yeah, kids' turf fields didn't exist back then. Yeah, pinned <laughs> us at the one. And wow. it ended up being the difference in the game. They ended up scoring off of, you know. Well, we, yeah, but that punter's living you know, in that moment yeah, forever. living in that moment forever. And then our senior year, which we had the best team in the history of the school, and we end up meeting them in the semis to go into the state title. And we ended up, you know, our all-star running back ended up fumbling four times inside the 10, and we lost 14 to 7. What uh, what division? How is it going in Michigan? Uh, this would have been Division 7 in Michigan. So seven but big schools or small schools? That would be the smaller schools on the statewide scale. But as you know, in the Catholic League, you See, play against the other Catholic schools, and they're not on those levels. So, like some of the schools we would play would be like, would be like um, the equivalent of like you know Division two and three school playing a Division seven school. Well, see, that's Ohio doesn't have that split. It's public, private. It doesn't matter. It's just schools. So when I played, it was divisions one through six, and one was the big schools down right. to six with the small school, but it didn't yeah. matter. So it was like private, and so like at the end of the year. Oh, in your league, there was no split. So I was an independent when I was there. No, it was state championships. It's 
No, in the playoffs, that's how it is. Yeah, in the state playoffs, that's how oh, it is. Oh, so when I played, so when I was at Hoban, they're in the NCL now, which is the North Coast League, and, and I believe the majority of those schools are private schools. That's what I don't I'm know saying. if all of them are. So all the teams you played in your regular season schedule were other private school teams, but you'd have games against public schools that didn't count against your division, right? Yeah, but when I was there, we we weren't in a league. We were an independent. Oh, like okay. St. V is still an independent to this day. In high school, it's crazy. It's weird, right? I don't know why. I, I guess I don't know the inner workings of athletic departments like Notre Dame or anything like that, but I also don't know why they wouldn't join. Maybe it's for the travel because, like, Tobin's in Akron, but there's not as many Catholic schools anymore that can play with them because of how good they are. Yeah. <laughs> so so they're playing like – and they ended up – Hoban last year, I think they ended up in USA Today pool. I don't know how much that actually yeah. – how much weight yeah. that carries. But they ended up being like – I want to say like eighth overall in the entire nation, and they were a D two school in Ohio, which isn't even the biggest school. Right, right. right. I mean, it's still. I mean, you're still limited on space. Yeah. The Catholic school built in the sure, '50s, like sure, you still don't have that limited. much. Yeah, you don't have much real estate there. Yeah. I, I still don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how these leagues and divisions work oh, out yeah. for California for my son. Oh, it's too many. It it's too far. Too far up. San Diego. Like you got six hours north of San Francisco I, before you hit another state. It's insane. It's crazy. Now, who? Real quick, who? Who's the most uh, successful football player to come out of each school? We know LeBron James. You'll see him in a film. So, Savies had some big guys. Like, uh, the last guy that played big for them, Paris Campbell, who just finished his career at Ohio State. Uh, okay. Unless he's got one more year. Sorry on that. He went to St. V. Duran Grant graduated, I think, in 09 from St. V. He was, I don't know if he's still in the league, but he was with the Steelers and Jags for a while. My school, the best player that I got to play with, a kid named Tyrell Sutton. So, Tyrell has an older brother named Tony. He was a year older than me. Like, he was this kid that, like, he was really good, but no one, like, knew it until, like, he actually, they actually, like, gave him a shot, and then he ended up being the state player of the year. He was the defensive player of the year, even though he led the entire state in rushing yards, because right, he was right. that good. Right. He played both ways, and Tyrell was a freshman my senior year, and I started on defense. I was corner and return punts, kicks, but on offense, I played, like, a couple, I played quarterback, running back, and receiver right. random times throughout the game. I right. was, like, that guy, Right. And I was supposed to split time at running back, and I was like, oh, crap, we're going to need someone else. <laughs> and Tyrell was a freshman, and he came in and ran for like 1,200 yards as a freshman. <laughs> broke every state record. He ran for 500, and I think it's five yards and eight touchdowns in one game versus a school named Youngstown Ursuline that's like a state power every year. He ends up getting uh, – he went to Northwestern and was a freshman All-American there. He was in the NFL for three or four years, and he's still playing for the Montreal Alouettes right now in the yeah, CFL. CFL. And he's crushing it. But Tyrell's 30, 31, 32 years old now. So he was out here. He played in the um, the defunct now. It was like the, the UFL. Remember the, like the – United Football League, they were like yeah. Sacramento Lions. I think yes. there might have even been a Vegas team. He played in that for yeah. a year, and he was like, it was the greatest. Because he lived out here for a while. Because he was like, I'm done with football. He was only 27. Yeah. He was living here right when I moved here. So I hung out. Because one of his buddies teaches out in Calabasas that he played with at Northwestern. Okay. And he's like, oh, I'm done. My knees, my hips, everything hurts. And then he gets a call for a tryout. And he yeah. crushes it. He's going to pay, baby. And he was a uh, – Yeah, I believe he was an all-star last year, whatever their Pro Bowl is. Okay. Um, but he does, like, all their promos, and he has to speak French in it. And it's really, really fun. But that's the best guy I've played with. There's been a couple other guys that come out of the school recently. Right. Um, there's a player that got picked up by the Raiders who uh, D-end from Hoban that played at Tennessee for a few years. It didn't even actually have that big of a career at Tennessee and then yeah. ended up – Playing for the Raiders they, they this past year. Rock unturned in the NFL. I mean, this, find his ass on this, the this bench, kid's man. 6'5", 270. Like, huge. He was yeah. that big in high school. Yeah, they don't play, man. 
But a couple guys I play with started at uh, tight end for Boston College for a few years. Another yeah. kid was a starting quarterback at Kent. Like, I got I got lucky. Like, you don't realize how some good some of the kids are you're playing with until, sure. like, they get to that yeah. next level, too. Yeah. So. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, so disagree with me or don't real quick. But, oh, yeah. Um, same V snaps the streak this year, Beethoven. I got in football. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no. I, well, listen. Like I was out of the game for a while, and then I go back and and you know I pay you know you pay attention to your alma mater. Like you don't like follow, but but then I started making the movie, and I like you know now I know these kids' lives, people I've never even heard of before, yeah. and get to know them. And now I follow. Like I was, I was that guy. I was on the sidelines for the game last sure. year. It was awesome. Absolutely. These, well, they won three these, state titles in these row kids now, are right? studs. And and same V is good, but like Hoban's just. They're just they're just they're getting these. Right they got a kid that already committed to Ohio State that was a sophomore last year, and like that doesn't happen that much. I mean, people want to say it does because the internet now it doesn't. And yeah. and Safety's got a new like coach. Safety's head coach has got a got a uh, Mark Swally got a um, he's coaching at the University of Akron now. So he got oh, bumped up. So they got a okay. brand new guy coming in, and Coach Terrell for um, for Hoban. He's he came from Florida. He actually played at uh, Youngstown State. But he was coaching at a big school down in Florida for a number of years. So now this is his – he came in 2013. So I want to say this is his fifth year with the with the school. So, like, these are all his kids now, you know? Yeah. These are all yeah. his guys. And, uh, and not, these kids going to consider playing at Michigan, or is that just too far? Did you hear about guy? the one – so one kid – this kid started as a freshman named Nolan Nolan Romer, and, and he was – I he's a legit 6'4", like 290, like thick. I was yeah. Hoban's strength coach. I was talking to him. I was like, oh, how much is that? Did you do? He goes, that kid came in here like that. That kid was squatting 450 legit, like as an eighth Sick. grade. He's just one of those guys. Yeah. He verbally committed, and then your boy Harbaugh became, you know, was Johnny Lunatic, but yeah. he, he took it back. Now he's going with Urban back down That's to Ohio State. That's all my boys, too. Uh, my Michigan fans out there listening. I'm talking to you, Garrett Fuller. This, <laughs> this, this Harbaugh business, man. I'm not he's not winning. I'm well, not a fan of it. He, he's, Knock it off, coach the team. I'm tired of the he, sideshow. He's going to, I mean, his satellite camps. It's like, do you know how many good players are in your little bubble, like in Michigan and Ohio? Like, I mean, there I, were so many kids from Cleveland that, you remember Pierre Woods? Mm -mm. He played, uh, he was a DN slash outside linebacker for Michigan in 2003, 4, 5. He played okay. at Glenville High School, which is where like Ted Ginn win. That's like a, uh, okay, Troy yeah, Smith. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. factory yeah, of amazing factory players. Football, yeah. And and Pierre Woods went there and it was like he didn't go to Ohio State. He's like they didn't recruit him. Like no one was recruiting from in state Ohio State. Like um, uh, Trestle didn't really do it yeah, that much. Co was a Cooper didn't man. do it that much either when he was there. Remember when Cooper God, was there? I miss Cooper. <laughs> yeah, but then Harbaugh came and he's doing these satellite camps and be like, you're trying to steal these kids from the South and kids from the South don't I want mean, to come up to Michigan or even or Ohio. You some of them might. I mean, the not the kids that are going camps, SEC. I thought the satellite camps was kind of genius because he but it failed. A bunch of yeah, but it. It didn't – he's 1-5 in five versus no, Ohio State no. and Michigan State. I, he's, he has not won one big game yet. Yeah, which he is nuts, which is weird. That's my point to all my Michigan buddies. He has not won one big game yet. And I, and that's including like, okay, knock off Iowa this week and you're in the Big Ten Championship. Can't do it. Oh, how will be – Win a bowl uh, game. Beat Florida State. State. Can't do it. Can't yeah. beat Ohio State. All right, beat Michigan State. Can't do it. They're like third in the Big Ten East or whatever. I, they're whatever, he, they're, he, whatever he, they're legends, whatever they're yeah. terrible. I'm like – they're like, oh, he's the best <coughs> coach. And I'm like, out of your mind. Meyer's the best coach. He's the and, best personality. I'll give him that. Yeah. But and we'll be watching the game, and, and my wife's a Buckeye, but I'm a I'm diehard Michigan fan, grew up Michigan fan. And – I'll be watching the game, and I will point out to these guys. They'll be like, okay, look at our guy going nuts, screaming and yelling at the referees, and look over at the other sideline. 
You see Meyer doing that? No, he ain't doing that. Yeah. He ain't doing that. You know what he's doing? Coaching them up. Yeah, making the next play. You know what I mean? Like, he, Telling everyone his coach. first name's Urban for some reason. You ever think of that? His name's know. Urban? Yeah. Like, it's I so weird because it's Urban kids. Meyer. I think it's just a recruit guy's, kids. Yeah, he's a, well, he's an Ohio guy. <laughs> he's an Ohio guy. He's from Youngstown. Yeah, no, I know. I know, man. I just... Wait, I'm just on Toledo. Like the I'm fourth best coach, the, the fourth best coach in the Big Ten. I'll tell you though, it is surprising because everywhere he's gone, he's turned stuff around. So it is. Yeah. This might be the outlier, but you know. Never been the sideshow that he is here at other places. He maybe he was, except the Stanford. But maybe the media didn't know it yet, you know. And then they like khaki. Now his shirts yeah, off at camp, yeah, and when like he came here. It was all. It's all about him. It was and the Harbaugh like, show. The yeah. coaching, I remember he did a horrible interview with Coward, like. Colin Yo, Coward, like yeah. four years ago, was that. so awkward. And when Colin Coward, he's obviously the best in the radio, whenever he feels awkward, he laughs. And so he was just like laughing the whole time because like Harbaugh wasn't answering. He was like, yeah. I'm asking you questions. Why aren't you responding? I remember that interview. Uh, yeah, that was that was before he went to. Uh, I think it was before he was over at Fox. So I, suffice to say, from all this, then you're a Buckeyes fan. I'm a, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just a Big Ten fan. Like Me too. like I had buddies go to smaller Big Ten schools, and when yeah. I was living in Chicago, Tyrell was playing at Northwestern. Yeah. So I went to a bunch of games up there, which yeah. was weird because you know go see Northwestern versus Wisconsin. Eighty percent of the stadiums. Yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little interesting. No. I'm with you though, man. I love the Big Ten too. I'm always the Big Michigan, Fourteen I'm not or one whatever of those guys they are that now. Hates on Michigan State. No. I free. I love Michigan State football right now. Javon one of Ringer my buddies was the I man. played with in college has a, a blindside type of story where he's the head coach at Battle Creek Central in Michigan, has been for years. Is that a real school name? Yeah. Awesome school Central. name. And um, he's been the coach there for years since we were done playing in college. And he had a kid on his team who went through some family things, and what he ended up adopting the kid. And the kid lived with him and lives with him now, and he's on full ride up at Michigan State. His name's Brandon Randall, and he played – like, he played a bit as a freshman, played a ton last year as a sophomore. Kid's a good player, man. Oh, he's there now? He's there now. Oh. Yeah, he's a good player, man. Blindsided. There have been a lot of players. Jeremy Macklin was blindsided. Remember Jeremy Macklin? Well, yeah. when he's been bouncing around a but lot. I mean blindsided like the movie. Like I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, he was well, like kind of the same thing. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I may want to Google that. I may. Yeah. I'm. If I it's know, could be. The worst thing could to be. say, if it's not him, it's right. somebody completely so, different. Right, right, right. But I'm pretty sure it was Macklin. He kind of had the same situation. That's why he ended up in Missouri because yeah. he was like a big time recruit. And then he goes, "Where's he at now?" Because he was with the, he got bumped from the Chiefs. He was gone from the Chiefs. I don't know who picked him up last year. I don't even know if he's on a roster. He, well, he was year. good with the Eagles. Then they bumped him to the Chiefs. I had him in fantasy. Yeah, I did too. The guy when he first like, came out, but not not since, man. I don't know. Well, listen, along the lines of Cleveland sports. Now I know it's baseball season. Um, so disagree with me or don't. LeBron James will win another NBA championship before the Cleveland Indians even get back to the World Series. All right. Here's the follow-up question, though. Is LeBron playing for the Cavs? If, all right. I will say wins another NBA title for the Cavs before the Indians ever get back to the World Series. Ah, uh, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> I want to say yeah, because that means they're gonna win it this year. But like, Steph Curry's so good. Like KD, I don't even. Yeah, I, it, Warriors are too good. They're they're like every time I watch the Warriors play and they're not playing the Cavs, it's fun to watch them. Yeah, but not Draymond. Everyone hates Draymond. Hate He's Draymond. so and him and LeBron are like best friends off uh, the court. Draymond Green is the epitome of everything that annoys <laughs> That's me. That's your boy from Michigan State. In society, that annoys <laughs> me is like there's this like it wasn't like this when I was younger like. You didn't have the freedom to just pop off and act how you wanted and say whatever you wanted in my neighborhood because you might have got smacked in the mouth. 
And Draymond's one of those guys that needs to get smacked in the mouth. Oh, you're Barkley and him, huh? I, I'm not saying I want to punch him in the mouth, but I, I understand what Barkley meant a, by the statement. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he's one of those guys that knows, you can't touch me, you can't touch me. He needs to get punched right in the mouth. <laughs> he needs to, oh, man. He needs he's a big to dude, though. I'll give him that. that but I, I, I don't, well, I'll tell you what. First round, I would have said no chance in hell because I thought Lance Stevenson was going to bump him. But now, you know, Raptors, ugh. Yeah, and now we're on to more than likely yeah. Celtics, and they don't have you know they're missing Which is everybody. What we all wanted, but not now. But now with this, not they got they got their star rookies that are gonna yeah. you know fizzle out. Right. You know because well, it comes Kyrie LeBron with Haywood. I mean, yeah, I mean that'll be next year unless they're unless they're gonna do the old Stephen A. Smith and get Kyrie for um for Kawhi Leonard, who I think is the most overrated player in the NBA. I don't think he's overrated, but I wouldn't touch him now because when, of what's going on. When Tony Parker comes out and literally says. My injury was legitimately 10,000 times worse than yours. Like, it, it just, I, 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 I can't, I, can't, I, I mean, whatever. I, These guys are yeah. worried about their money. They're worried I, about their money now. I, yeah, I, mean? I, I get it, I get it. Like, but when you, want, when you have 15 million, you want 30 million. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. When you, but that's, I'm with you on that, though, but that's what I'm saying is I wouldn't touch him now. My question is toughness. Well, let's see. The Tribe, I mean, they got a good shot this year to get back. It's just, uh, they're only two games up on the Tigers right now, man. The Tigers yeah, are four games they're still. Under it's but it's you know first fifty games. You're bringing people up, pushing people. Yeah. I mean, look, Harvey just got well. He was gonna get demoted from the Mets, and they just they cut him because he wouldn't go down to uh yeah to the minors. Go, yeah. Well, it's like, dude, you you had one good year, and now you're like nine one. and eighteen or and something like that. And too, yeah, the Dark Knight, oh, Gotham, got real goofy. Too. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because one of my best friends last year, he's not with the team anymore, but he was the head strength coach for the Astros. I remember you telling me about that. So I, I used to go down and get to watch all the Astros game when they'd have their series with the Angels in town. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I got to get – I go hang out with him at the hotel. So I met, like, some of their their management. I met A.J. Hinge. I met, their, I met That's awesome. all of those guys. Got to go on the field during batting practice. So I became an, an Astros super fan. Is he not with them anymore? No, he's not with – he's back in Ohio. So his contract was up. And the baseball, he's got four kids. Yeah. <laughs> Professional baseball is a hard oh, yeah. racket. Well, he got a ring last year. So he got a, he's, he doesn't have it yet. But, but he got it. But he got it, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was might be the time to walk away. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, not a, not a bad, I mean, Jerome Bettis moment. It, like, he got, yeah, to, got right? to win and walk away with it. Like how I threw that out there instead of Peyton oh, yeah. Manning. Yeah. Although, going back to Jerome Bettis. All right, so I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, that. He gets all this praise. He fumbled at the one-yard line, and I don't know who picked it up. Probably Mel Gray. I don't know who was playing for the Lions at that point. Was it? No, not against the Lions. No, it, was, it, was, uh, it was against the Seahawks. And and Roethlisberger, when he was somewhat skinnier than he is now, makes that shoestring tackle, and then they come back. Yeah. And Bettis becomes the hero when he would have been what the real word of the goat is the war the the like the worst way you could ever sign off yeah. your career. He would have been my man from the Browns who fumbled it. Every Biner? Biner. Oh, no, we turned his Biner out of this, yeah, man. man. Oh, that poor guy. He he's still around so Cleveland. Him, he's still around Cleveland. He's a big name. Like him and Kozar are still are still in the area. I cried and, during that Cleveland when they talked about Biner and then they showed uh what's the name of coach? Um Schottenheimer, and he was like started tearing up and talking about Biner. Oh, yeah. He, I, I mean crying. if instant replay, maybe it wasn't actually uh Oh man. I, I am gonna now this is going to probably hurt my credibility on my own documentary, but I am going to talk about Believe Land and what I did not like. Okay. Okay. So what I didn't like is that they all the interviewees for Believe Land 
minus Rizzo, Tony Rizzo, everyone was like people that haven't lived there in like 15 to 20 years. Like they were in Cleveland for certain times and they moved away. Like I okay. wanted to hear people that are like still in the air. Like Tony yeah, Rizzo is yeah. a Fox 8 News Cleveland guy. Mr. Cleveland. Like yeah, yeah. his rants are infamous or famous depending on how you want to look at he's it. He's on the radio down there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. I had a sports, I I had a sports internship when I was in college. So I, wor- I worked right. under him. I didn't learn too much except that he liked American Idol. That was, that was the thing. Um, but he was great. But I really wanted like those letters like I'm a Cleveland guy for life and yeah. You know, it, but the thing was great. Like, Believe Land in general is just, yeah, you know, it was great. such bad. It was good. It was um, good. But that was my only. But see the Akron Holy War. That has a lot of people that are still in Akron. Yeah, right? <laughs> a couple but, people like that. Now, I don't know how into hockey people get in Cleveland because I know they don't have a team. So, uh, Lake Erie. lie by saying, disagree with me or don't. Red Wings are superior to Penguins. All right, so I'm going to talk to you from a person that's a fair-weather hockey fan that cheered for the Blackhawks when I lived in Chicago because I was a definite bandwagon. That was okay. all those guys, all the young guys got there, Taze and Kane and them. Yeah, they were playing well. Went to the parade, went to the parade twice. It was awesome. <coughs> um, but having – I actually, I would probably have to say Penguins because – and I'm going to tell you my one reason, and it's going to be the most – Stupid reason ever. There's a kid I went to grade school with named Dominic Olivetti. He was the only kid that did winter sports that I ever knew growing yeah. up. He, sne- he, he sneezed. We all sneezed. He skied. He snowboarded. He would always have those tags on his starter jackets. Yes. And his starter jacket was always a Pittsburgh Penguins uh, jacket. And he loved Lemieux. So, like, I, we would always hear about hockey from him, but everyone else was like, hockey? What's that Man. about? That's I that's my impression of, yeah. Down there. Boo, I'm glad the Caps just knocked their ass out, too. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, yeah. Well, it's going to be nice. To see what's his face finally I'd like play, to see win you know, the cup. further than. I, but but hockey to me is the best sport ever to watch live. But I'm not yeah. like I watch football, baseball, basketball. I know the sport. Yeah. So it's like I can kind of like in my head. You know, you watch football, you're like analyzing. Yeah. And it's oh, like sure. oh, they, but hockey, I'm just like watching. Like yeah. icing isn't the whole thing icing? Yeah. You know I stuff would, like that. There's nothing better than playoff hockey. Especially oh, it's great. In game seven. It's great. Those guys will absolutely die if they could to win the game i was in washington dc like once in my or twice now in my life but the first time i was in high school and i was there around like around this time i don't remember when but all these people were getting on the on the train all these people were just going to the hockey game and i didn't at the time even like fathom like what was going on at hockey and other reasons why i was there yeah <laughs> but just seeing that and i was like people in washington dc care about their their sports like yeah. i was used to the muni lot in cleveland where it's all Trash balls. Now, what year was this? Would have been. It should have been like oh two. Would have been Stanley Cup Finals. I'm not too. No, I think it was before that. It, it was. It was around. Let's see. This is May. So this would have been. This would have been like been. April. Oh, okay. It was oh one oh one. I lied. It was two thousand one. Okay, because I was gonna say, funny story is uh, that game that they were all heading to. I was at that game. <laughs> well, it was and, in April, so it must yeah, have been the first no, it was round. In June, because this was when we were we bought tickets to go down there and watch them get closed out. Me and some of my buddies, uh, college football buddies, drove down. I was on the fire department at the time, so a bunch of firemen went. My brothers and dad are all on the job, so they all went. We all went down for the game, and I threw an octopus on the ice toward the end of the game that caused a huge melee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big fight. Where'd you get stands. the octopus? I bought it when we went down there, man. So, like, we went down there. Did you buy it at the stadium? 
We went, no, it's like we were in North Carolina. So it was like, I went over to, to the coast, you know, and we're like, people are buying fishing bait and stuff, you know. Well, as we're going in the store, this guy's like, you know, we all got our Red Wing stuff. And we're like, yeah, don't even bother going in there. I ain't selling you guys shit because they know we want to throw an octopus, right? So I take my shit off and I go in there, you know, throw on a phony South accent, buy myself a nine pound octopus, right? We take it out in the park. How much was that? God, I think it was like maybe 15 bucks. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, so this thing's frozen solid you know so we take it over the parking lot start tailgating about nine in the morning games at seven thirty at night this thing stunk to high fuck by the time we're going into the game i crotched this thing get it into the game waited for the right moment and i'd tell you a longer version later because it's even better so i take it down go running down you can't get into the lower bowl at the ea center without like a tick so i wait for somebody to go through the guy's not checking tickets i go running down sit in the seat for a minute wait you know face outs coming over this circle Boom, I throw it out there. My dad got this great shot from the upper bowl of Archer Survey, like skating out and looking at it. And it's so big, it takes up a giant portion of the bottom, of like the, on the ice, right? So as soon as I turn around, I start running up the aisle, man, you know, and there's cops everywhere, you know what I mean? And this first guy jumps out in front of me, he's hammered drunk, and he's like, you ain't going nowhere, man. He's trying to stop me. And nobody really cared other than that. And then I face planted this guy and started running, and then everybody just flooded out and grabbed me, and it was just a mob beatdown, man. They were throwing punch. I was so bruised on punch up, so they took me out of there, arrested me. Um, it was all over TV. I get out to the truck. They take me outside. Turns out they had some cops down there working. This was right after 9-11, so they had a lot of cops working down there from, like, New York on some kind of, like, I don't know, you know, like, be nice to go down and work, stand the cups. I don't know. But they had some guys down there. I ended up talking to them, you know. Then I gave them my ID. They saw my badge. And they were like, oh, he's fireman. You know, say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fake arrest you, walk you out. So there's a mob outside the doors waiting for them to cut me loose. Mob. So they cut me. They go, we're going to take you out there, act like we're arresting you, walking around the corner. How old were you at the time? 21, maybe 22. (laughs) So he walks me around the corner. And then they take the cuffs off. And they let me go. And I get out to the truck. I get out to the truck. And uh, Rosenberg's the big sports uh, writer from Detroit. He's at our truck. My brothers bumped into him in the stadium and told him what was going on. He's at the truck, writes the story. It hits the paper in a free press back like 4.30 in the morning. People are calling me on the phone like crazy. Like all the big shows in Detroit. I'm on all these. Got to go down to the parade. Got to live broadcast the parade, throwing stuff to the fans and all kinds of shit like that. It's in the commemorative yearbook. It's got its own Oh page. my God, that's awesome. I was on Rome with Don Cherry. Like, they didn't have me on, but they were talking about oh me. Oh, my God, that's like, so Rome's cool. Of the day. He's like, this fucking guy. The ball's on this guy, and he's got Don Cherry on. And Don Cherry's like, love it, man, love it. Because my quote in the paper was like, when Rosenberg asked me, why did you do that? You know, knowing you're all bruised up and punched up and stuff, I like, had to be done, man. Had to be done. <laughs> wow. It was hilarious, man. So you could Google that. And, but it was funny that you said that, and I was like, they were probably on their way over Oh, there. my God. <laughs> That's insane. It was a lot of fun, man. It was it You're that guy. It happened because we went to the cup. That, that was in North Carolina. I'm sorry, you said DC. I mixed them up. When we beat DC, we swept DC a few years back. Yeah. 98, I think it was. 99, whatever. We swept them. We bought tickets to game four. Went down, watched them sweep them. So then when they were playing the Hurricanes, we were like, let's buy tickets for game four and go down there because they're going to sweep them. The, the Canes suck. Well, the Canes ended up winning game one in Detroit, so it wasn't going to be a sweep. So at the end of that game, we were watching it. We were pissed watching the TV. I said, fuck that. Fuck that ticket. When we go down there, I'm throwing an octopus. I don't care. We get kicked out. 
Now you can't throw it out there. You got to do it. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, you set it up. <laughs> yeah, so you we signed your death there. warrant. We went down there and did it, but it was fun, man. It was fun. That was great. That's man. awesome. And um, ballsy. Browns draft real quick. What'd you think? They can't get worse. I like Baker Mayfield. I always thought I at one. Here's my thing. Like, no matter who they were going to choose at one, everyone's going to be like, that guy? Darnold gets cho- chosen. He threw so many picks at USC. Allen gets chosen. What did he prove? He was at Wyoming. You know, Lamar Jackson. Oh, we thought he was going to go later. He's like, Barkley, it, it, no, he's a running back. We did that with Trent Richardson. Like, yeah. you just, at that point, it doesn't matter. Like, but we, but here's the thing. We have Tyrod Taylor, who's a proven yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Like, you can say what you want about him. He went to the playoffs last year. Yeah, he got benched for five picks at Pearlman in the first quarter when, you know, when they decided to do that in Buffalo. But he still went to the playoffs, and he was good at VTAC. He's been in the league now, I think, six, seven years. So we have him. We got Jarvis Landry. If our Baylor guys stay upright, Gordon and, and uh, Coleman, well, yeah. we, we yeah. have that. And, like, the guys that come, like, we have Miles Garrett, who's finally back. And he should be helping. I, well, the pick, oops, sorry, I spit on something. The pick, I really, oh, I mean, he's an Ohio State guy, so you kind of got to cheer for him that they picked him up at four. But who I wanted wow, more than anything really? is Mika Fitzpatrick. I wanted Fitzpatrick so bad because he's the one defensive back in all of college football that can actually tackle. Like, we'll come in there, square up, yeah. and tackle. Yeah. And he was a great player at Alabama. And I know that's redundant because everyone there is good, but well, he stood out. Yes, he did. But, I, that was a stretch taking him at number four, man. But I, don't, I, I don't like the Mayfield comparisons to Manziel. Like, I get it. Short, white guy. But watch them play. Everyone's like, Not like, even close. I love, um, I love, uh, what's his name? I love Joel Klatz. So Klatz is with, uh, with Fox, and, and he always talks about, like, how different they are. He's like, Mayfield is nothing like him. Besides, if you stand them next to each other, they might be kind of similar right. in stature. Right. He's like, Mayfield's a pocket pastor. Like, Manziel yeah. didn't do anything but fake handoffs and run around. And he's I, athletically gifted, yeah. but they're not the same. If anything is comparable to Russell Wilson. I ju- yes. But I just wanted a quarterback at one. How many times have we passed up at a quarterback at one? Because at this point, it's like, stop. Oh, well. Like, just pick somebody. Like, it doesn't even matter if it yeah. fails. Like, stop waiting for Brady Quinn, Brandon Whedon, no. the Weed Man. No. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember these days. Charlie Fry, that was like our yeah, savior. We yes, picked him up in the third yes. round. Colt McCoy, yes. we pick up in the third round. Then we grab Kessler and Hogan from Stanford. It's just like, just get somebody yeah, yeah. in the first round. Yeah. So, oh, a Heisman Trophy winner. Should have took Wentz. That was a walk-on. Yeah, yeah, we should have taken all oh, Should have yeah. took Wentz all day long. No, I, I would have rather. Deshaun Watson's a stud. Like, I, I mean, if Wentz he can stay healthy. But, I mean, both of them. I mean, so far, like. Watson obviously Watson, Watson was was a short you know he's only got a little bit of a a, a little bit of tape for you to look at before he yeah. got hurt he was leading the league in a no, lot of him. things I love Watson I'm just saying both of them as they were going <laughs> into the, Brown, the draft the Browns like wins. nah we'll pick yeah. up Miles Garrett which Miles Garrett was a good was, was a good no, pick Miles Garrett's a good pick he's, he's a good pick <laughs> I just I can't. I can't justify it, man. I think oh. they blew it. I think they blew it again. Now, Vegas what? They can't. Them. Come on. They can't blow. They're owing, They're one in fucking 31. Me, they have to win yeah. one, two games, and they're a winning ball club. They've improved. Well, let me jump on that, then. The Vegas odds right now for the Browns over under is five. Over at six. You take the over at I'd six. Over at six. I'm, would, I'm not I saying they're making the, the wild card. I, I would take the over on that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I'm nervous I think about it, 
seven or eight. They damn near won seven or eight last year. They were 0-16, but God, they lost games by two, three, four against good ball clubs. They're losing to the Steelers twice. They're losing to the Ravens twice. They might, the they might split with the ba- And they're not losing to the Ravens twice this coming year. Ravens are not good anymore, dude. Uh, Flacco, I don't know. Here's the over-under for the rest of the AFC. They're lowest, right? They're at five and five, right? No, they're at they're five, five, and the Bengals are at five. Bengals are a five? Yes. Bengals want to part ways with Dalton. Steelers at ten and a half, Ravens at eight and a half. Now, I would take the over on the Ravens just because it's eight. No, I'm sorry. I'll take the under on the Ravens because it's eight and a half. I think they'll win eight. I'll take the under. All right. You know what I mean? But the Steelers at ten, I don't know, man. It just depends. It kind of depends on if Roethlisberger is healthy. Roethlisberger, you know, he's at that point now where everything he says gets overanalyzed. I get that. But it's like, dude, you keep saying you're going to retire, then you come out and say you're going to play five more years. It's like, just pick one. But they're 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 too showy, and I think Tomlin's an overrated coach. Like everyone See, loves I don't him. Think he's an under, overrated coach. I mean, you name me a couple other guys that over the last ten years have averaged more than ten wins a year. All right, I mean, I'll give you that. But he inherited Roethlisberger. If I went to a team and yeah. started coaching, and Tom Brady was my quarterback, somehow I still think we'd win ten games. I, every single year, though, man. Yeah. He's good. I don't know, man. I he's like lost a lot of leadership. Shazer's not coming back this year. No, you know, bless him. Hopefully he feels better and he's Their just capable of alive. And, um, you know, what's his face left before the playoffs last year? My boy from Akron, James Harrison, who went to Hoban for one year. Did he? Went to Hoban for I one year. And then he transferred. It's a really funny story. So he transferred to the school, Coventry High School. He got kicked out of Hoban. I don't want to spread rumors, but there he there was a there was a fight that he won. Of course. Uh, He's a monster. Yeah. And he ended up going into Coventry, which is notoriously hicked out all white school, like a small public school that when I was in high school, they converted an old bowling alley to their high school. And he like, my brother, so he was a senior, I think, when my brother was a freshman. And so my brother was playing in the scrimmage versus them. And James Harrison played like every position on the field. And he was, my brother still tells the story, James Harrison was running off the field, taking his helmet off, yelling, this is too easy. (laughs) I believe it. But he played running it. back. But, you know, and then he goes to Kent State and doesn't get anything. And he had the greatest quote ever. I forget what, I forget when it was. But, like, what, what would you be doing if you weren't playing football? And he was like, I don't know, bagging groceries. Yeah. It was I like, what would you expect? Like, he worked his butt off. He was a practice squad player yeah. that kept getting cut for five, six years. But, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's from he's Akron. Carson, he's a beast, man. Akron I love that. I love Mac guys. You know, that's what I mean. That's where I came from. Fire up chips, man. Central <laughs> Michigan. You know what I mean? I love him. So I love chip. Big Ben. I do, but he, he ain't – I mean, I wouldn't put him up there with some of the greats as where if you handed it coach him, you're locking down 10 wins. I don't know, man. He's good. He's like, really I, good. I hate him. He's really he's, good. But he's he's good. He's and Antonio five. Brown's good. Like, they just – like, you know, you get smart players like Heinz Ward. Everyone's wants to make a – Antonio Hines, Brown's – But Heinz Ward <laughs> lost the Peach Bowl when he was with Georgia when he was playing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. He lost that. He must have won everything else. But then he comes in and everyone hates him. He's like, he doesn't even run routes. It's like – Cause he knows what he's doing. Like I hated how he smiled after every play. Yeah. No mouthpiece. Oh man, he was he was brutally like if he played now, he'd be so banned. Oh, he would from yeah, the league. Uh, him. Yeah. But I loved the way he played, man. He was six one, two twelve, like yeah. nailing guy. Slot receiver. I loved the way he played, man. Well, hey. well, all those guys. Palomalu, you kidding me? No. And Palomalu is still young. Like he's only I think he's like uh, thirty six, yeah, maybe. Too old. He's not yeah, that he's much old. older than me when he was. A, I mean, because yeah. he was at U, he was a stud at USC, but then he goes to and he played by like 
no rules. None. Like I'm just yeah, gonna I jump over the center. Coverages ever. He was like, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck. <laughs> oh, I want. his one arm. I think that was in the opener. His one arm interception when he came across the field in cover two. Oh, yeah. And just went up. That you know he he Odell'd it, but on defense, which is but ten I'm, times harder because the ball's not supposed to go to him. I'm just so fun watching guys like him play as hard as they play, man. You so know what I mean? the Browns. Yeah. Six wins. I'm gonna which, say eight. I think they're winning. They're work. Yeah, they got some consistency they, under center this year. But Browns are like the 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 underdogs, so they get a lot of like pub each year. Like they're so bad that people want them to win a couple games. You know what I mean? They're like everyone's little brother. Yeah. I think the NFL should get back to doing what like the Premier League does for soccer, where you get relegated to like uh, the you know like whatever it would be. <laughs> Four teams each year. Yeah, you got to play your way back out, in. That's how I am in my fantasy league. <laughs> like the losing team goes down. There's like a, a junior varsity bracket, which is fantasy football. No out. one's good at anything. You got bumped out. No, I did. Wait, one year I did, but I, I it was when I was making the movie, so I wasn't paying attention. Right. right. I have an excuse. Okay, I, I like didn't right. set a roster for like six <laughs> you got weeks. Out, man. But then I made my way back in because you got to win the league to get bumped back in. Okay. So I. When I got back in, but I was All like, right. why don't All they right. do this in real football? And I also think there should be a commission-based salary in basketball. I did the math on it. Well, how so? Run that. All right, so here's what I got. So you say you have, I think it's, you have 15 guys on a roster, but 12 on a, like a 12-man roster. Yeah. Whatever the math was. Oops, sorry. Um, um, whatever the math was on that, it was like, uh, basically I did it through LeBron. I was like, say every player on a 12-man roster gets $1.5 million. That's their base salary. Right. You designate each player on the team a percentage. So say you designated LeBron at like 35%. So he gets 35% win share, which means the other 11 guys then split that next 65. So you can do it any way you want. Like Corver yeah. gets nine. Hood gets seven. Written like it doesn't matter. Contract. You just write it into their contract. Again, who knows how that would go game to game. Because, you know, you bump people up and bump people yeah, down. But, like, yeah. that's – you can't go lower than that. So that would be strategic, right? And people would have to take – and then each time a team wins, that team splits $2 million. So LeBron then would come away with um, 35% of that $2 million, which is, yeah. what, $700,000 or something like that. Yeah. So he would get that much money. Is that math right? Because that's Every time he wins a game. Yes. So here's what I did. If I did the math on a – I think I did a – 60 win season or something like that it yeah. ended up equaling about what his salary is this year based on that percentage share right so that would give guys more per, or more um, incentive to, to actually play because everyone's like and Wendell, if, like jump ships and go play with the Golden State Warriors <laughs> yeah but, but that's the thing but or you be a stud on your team and make 20% of your win shares and only win 20 games you're going to make more than you would if you went if you're swaggy yeah, P with the Warriors I gotta put the. I, I have it in a Google Doc somewhere, and I I tweeted it at one point. And someone was like, "Oh, that could do." What about? T-? I was like, "Dude, it's a tweet. I'm not like thinking like I'm not looking at the legality and TV and everything else sure, like sure, that." Sure. But like in terms of, because everyone's like, "Oh, well, if everyone played like Della Vadova," and I was like, "Why doesn't everybody play like Della Vadova? How great would the NBA be if everybody tried yeah. like Rondo yeah. does when he when he wants yeah. to? You know, when them guys that don't need to, they're not going to. I. But that's the thing. So yeah. if you. Like, if your team doesn't win, you might lose $300,000 yeah. for They'll the night. They'll never go for it, players' uh, association. Of, of but course. it's something there. It's something there. Man. And you would, like, think of the Warriors. You got 12 guys on your team. How do you split up those win shares? Like, like who's worth more? Is it Steph Curry at 20? Is it Durant at 21? Well, yeah, that team, I don't know, man. You got Swaggy P at point zero zero five. I hate Swaggy P. Yeah. You got guys fighting. You got Sean Livingston? I'll tell you what, we got to revisit that. 
episode and we'll Excuse talk a little about uh, what I think should be going on with paying college players. We'll get into because I got uh, a whole system I've knocked out on that me too. that I think is the answer to how to do it. But we'll get into that. But here's time. my question: Have you thought about Title Nine when thinking yeah. about this? You have, oh, okay, I absolutely. Because that's the and big deterrent. It's like it's not going to be a popular uh, opinion, but I'm sorry. But the sports that bring in the money get the money. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad. Why are you apologizing? No, to there's me? a lot of people out there going to bag me on that, and my, I'm like, look, man, the money goes where the money comes in. I'm not saying the girls shouldn't get paid; they'll get their pay, but it's not going to be on the equivalent level of oh, someone on the women's rowing team is not getting what someone on the football team is getting. Sorry. My my whole thing on that is, I if no school outside of their scholarship, these kids get treated like kings, regardless of what they say. I know people that I'm sure you do too. Sure, sure. There's there's school some of these schools that they say like kids are doing all the work, which they are. Their scholarships, like, they get that. But, like, take Manziel. Manziel took Texas A&M to another realm, right? Yeah. He should get a percentage of whatever number two jersey sold while he was in school. Like, he should he should be able to sell his jersey. The Ohio State kids shouldn't lose. I don't care if they sold their Big Ten championship rings, Terrell Pryor. Yeah. They did. Like, yeah. it's theirs. They shouldn't yeah. get – he got re- he no. had to yeah. quit college. Well, they could just easily it. implement the Olympic rules on that and let them grab sponsorships and sell their memorabilia. And because that's a capitalistic that. society then. Right. Like, the should, best will rise. They should be con- able to do that. That's, that's, a, whole, that's, that's a whole thing, That's a whole thing, though. thing, and we'll get into it another time. Ed yeah, O'Bannon. this for you here, man. Now, that's oh, fold-up. my God. That's the full awesome. Now, here's the thing I'm starting. I'm getting everybody going uh, on these. Now, every time we're all hanging out at the bar and stuff or over at Borders or whatever, there's always cans all over the table. So that folds up, goes right in your back pocket. Everybody reps their squad at the bar, and you oh. know whose beer is who. So I always take mine to the bar. This I got Lions, awesome. Tigers. This is actually awesome. Yeah. We got It's a Cleveland Browns koozie, if you guys are curious. Yeah, it's foldable right in the pocket, man. So take those around. <laughs> I, so I love it. If you see folks out at the bar in L.A. and they got their team on a koozie at the bar, man, they've been on DWMOD, man. I did not know I was getting a gift. This is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, man. Well, hey, man, it was great talking to you. Thanks for doing the show. Hell, buddy. yeah. Appreciate right. it. See you Thank next you. time. Take care.